The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Philadelphia City Cast with Ryan Rothstein, presented by Bet Rivers. All right, welcome back, Philadelphia City Cast. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein, recording this Wednesday afternoon. We got a lot to get to, and on this episode, we're changing it up a little bit. I mean, there's been so much talk about the 76ers, rightfully and obviously so, uh, mixed in with uh, plenty of our Phillies discussions and previews and predictions and best bets, etc. Eagles and the NFL draft. Well, here we go. Thursday, April 28th, it gets underway out in Vegas, Sin City. And to help us preview the NFL draft and what the Eagles are hopefully going to do, what they may not do, provide all the insight and knowledge and information related to the Philadelphia Eagles as we approach first round of the NFL draft on Thursday, John McMullen, NFL Eagles insider for Sports Illustrated and phillyvoice.com. He's also a co-host Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., Birds 365 with Jody Mack from WIP. So uh, John's everywhere. He's been following and covering the NFL and the Eagles for a long time. He'll, uh, He'll join us here, and we'll have a good conversation talking all things football and birds. We'll get his insight on what he's heard surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles updates for the 76ers game six today at bet rivers 
Your 76ers are still a one and a half point favorite on the spread. Money line, Sixers minus 121 to win the game outright. Raptors plus 102 on the money line. The total, 209 and a half. I've talked a few times just how this total has continued to dip each and every game in this series. And the under has continued to hit regardless of the number. So we'll see if that trend continues. Uh, but let's get it back on track. And we'll catch up with Eagles insider, John McMullen. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, so let's bring uh, bring the man, the myth, the legend into the conversation. No, not me. John, Johnny Mac, John McMullen, as I mentioned in the intro. Give him a follow at JF McMullen on Twitter, si.com, phillyvoice.com, birds365 uh, every morning during the week, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. with another J-Mac, Jody Mac from WIP. So we're going to talk Eagles draft right around the corner here, 24 hours out. And this is this is a weird draft. Is that fair to say? John, we don't really know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, it really is. I mean, typically, Ryan, you get a feel, certainly at the top of the draft, you tend to get guys. And obviously last year was a perfect example with Trevor Lawrence. But, uh, you know, this year it's just uncertainty at the top. And yeah, you, you kind of know which players are going to be there, but it's kind of depending on the team. And it starts with Jacksonville. And number one overall, our old friend Doug Peterson, and it's going to be interesting because I think the odds are it's going to be Trayvon Walker. Um, knowing Doug as well as I do and him being here for so many years, I know if we're up to him, he'd take one of those offensive tackles, Icky Iguano or, or Evan Neal. Um, so it's going to be interesting right off the bat how much power uh, Doug has in Jacksonville because that's a bad organization. I mean, you know, Shad Khan, we know what happened with Urban Meyer, Trent Bauke, we know his reputation in this league. Tony Khan is more interested in what's happened at the Leah Cora Center tonight with uh, his wrestling promotion than, than <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it, it's going to be interesting, and, and it'll probably be Trayvon Walker. I'm, I'm trying to look like a genius, so in my mock draft I went with Hickey Aquano because, hey, if Doug, uh, you know, as I said, he understands offensive football, he understands what he has in Trevor Lawrence. And number one is to protect Trevor Lawrence. Now, a lot of people, they signed Cam Robinson today to an extension, but he's you could easily move him over to right tackle, and all of a sudden you might have something cooking. But I don't know if Jacksonville is smart enough to do that. <laughs> you know, I, I, read, I read that article where you released your one and only mock draft on SI.com yesterday now on, on Tuesday. And... I think it's, you know, it, it's a good point of view there where you're you're zagging when everyone else seems to zig or maybe the opposite, whatever. Um, <laughs> because Doug, as we remember here in Philly, a lot of the speculation about why he was potentially unhappy or why there was a riff possibly between Doug and management slash ownership is, well, he, he eventually wanted some respect and wanted a little bit more say in personnel decisions and staff decisions and everything else. So, you know, two plus two should equal four before he officially went down to Jacksonville. You would think that was discussed 
because that's something that he's always wanted. So I, I like all of your reasoning as to why he may go that route with the first pick. Yeah, I, I, to me, the only question is, does he have the power to go that route? If they do, and let's let's be honest, and Howie Roseman says this a lot locally, you know, that's your job as a GM. It's to furnish your coaching staff with players. And it, the last thing you want to do is get them players that they don't want. Now, sometimes you do have to save the coaches from their own you know, devices, so to speak. And that happened here with Jalen Rakers. Probably, you know, the coaching staff was pushing for him and how he probably should have put his foot down and said, look, this kid's not necessarily ready. Um, let's take Justin Jefferson. But we all know what happened there. Um, so it, it's a fine line. But I do think, you know, the fact that he just got there, the fact that he was brought there, um, Doug Peterson to sort of be the adult in the room after Urban Meyer with Tony Khan, with Shad Khan, you know, at least give him that first pick. And then if it doesn't work out, maybe you start clamping down next year. But I don't think Jacksonville is smart enough to do that. Now, we're, we're obviously going to get into Eagles team needs, speculate on uh, you know where they might go, the direction they might go with the 15th and 18th overall pick. We'll get to that in a second, John. But I, I want to get your thoughts on the hype around the draft. And what I mean by that is the, the first round of the NFL draft is – uh, you know, highly anticipated. Everyone loves to talk about it, speculate about it. It's obviously covered in a massive way. Do you think it's overrated? And I bring that question to the table because Philadelphia fans love to criticize Howie and maybe the, the picks that he's gotten wrong or the picks that he didn't end up taking. But he's done a great job in the later rounds in free agency. And, and we, we all know some of the other things that he's done well as general manager like you can win the draft in the later rounds and a great example is how bill belichick always approaches the nfl draft i i just think sometimes we get so obsessed and caught up in well who's going to be in the top 10 what are the eagles going to do with their first first round draft pick and it's like the super bowl isn't always won and lost with your first pick in the draft no, not at all. And, you know, one of the unfair things for GMs in this league is you know, there's always a stain if you miss on a first round pick, even if you make up for it. And the perfect example locally is Andre Dillard, right? Every, every, you know, the Eagles moved up to get him. He's supposed to be the starting left tackle. Didn't work out. Of course, still a decent player, not, not as bad as Jalen Rager, maybe they can spin them off and, and get something back in return. Um, but he didn't turn out to be the star left tackle that people had hoped. But guess what? They have Jordan Mailata. <laughs> and they got him in the seventh round. They got him in a very unconventional fashion. But they got him, you know? And, and you have one of the best five left tackles in football. Arguably last year, he was one of the best two or three, probably number two behind Trent Williams, I would say, uh, in the entire NFL. And, you know, 
you should get credit for that. All right, criticize him for Andre Dillard if you want, but give him credit for Jordan Mailata and the development over the years and what he turned into. Uh, Mike Mayock is another example of this and, and with the Raiders and the fact that he kind of, you know, put himself out there by drafting Cleland Farrell a couple of years ago at number four overall. Hasn't worked out, uh, to say the least. Um, but guess what? He got Max Crosby uh, later in the draft, who's one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. And he, of course, lost his job kind of the fallouts after the John Gruden stuff and all that. But um, those first round picks, they follow you. And it doesn't matter how many third and fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh rounders. All people remember is the first round picks. And yeah, it's it's not fair, to be honest. Now, there, there's not a lot of quarterback hype or talent or depth uh, in this year's first round draft uh, pool, if you will, doesn't mean it's not a good draft, right? Doesn't mean it's not, uh, you know, th that there's not a lot of talent readily available here tomorrow night, Thursday night for the Philadelphia Eagles to choose from. Uh, where do you think they're going to, to end up going here? Just as far as position, and you can throw out a couple names. I mean, there's a lot of wide receiver names. Obviously, fans are still screaming for a for a linebacker, I don't know if that's going to change. Uh, you go back the past 20 years, that certainly hasn't been the case. So uh, w where are the Eagles going to end up going here in the first round as far as position? And if you want to throw out some names, feel free to do so. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, they really want Jordan Davis, uh, the big defensive tackle from Georgia. I don't think they're going to be able to get him at 15. Um I think the floor for him is Baltimore at 14. One of those unfortunate circumstances. Baltimore loves a player like that as well. Um, so similar to last year, they might have to do a targeted trade up when they went from 12 to 10 to get Devontae Smith. Might have to do the same thing this year. Go from 15 to 13 with Houston, who has indicated they would like to trade out. And who knows, you give up that last third round pick and you go up a couple spots, you get the player you wanted. I could see the Eagles doing that. If they don't uh, move up I, and they stay at 15, I don't think Davis is going to be there. And then I think it shifts to wide receiver, most likely, Ryan, and, and kind of, you know, who's going to be there at that top four Surprising to me, there's a lot of talk in Atlanta that they want Drake London, and I think that's way too high for him. But they and they don't even have a quarterback to get him to football. So, you know, but we talk about bad organizations, and that's sort of the decisions they tend to make. And then Washington, um, for some reason, you know, even though everybody has. Almost everybody has Garrett Wilson rated above his teammate, Chris Olave. Um, the commanders seem to like Chris Olave. So if he goes there, Jamison Williams probably going to go 10 to the Jets, I would say, in that range. And that would leave Garrett Wilson falling to the Eagles at 15. I think there's a chance the board shakes out that way. And if that happens, then you ship to 18. They probably go corner. And I think Trent McDuffie would be there um, if they wanted to take, or Andrew Booth if they wanted a little bit more length. But I, I think that's too early to take Booth. 
Um, there's a potential to trade down. But you're talking, you know, they like Davis. Um, I'm 100% on that. Um, they need edge rushers, but the top four, I don't see any way they're going to get them. Um, you know, Walker's probably going one, and if he's not going one, he won't last past three uh, to Houston. Hutchinson's going two. Thibodeau might fall a little bit, but I don't see him going past the Giants at seven unless they trade out. And then Jermaine Johnson. I keep hearing Joe Douglas is in love with him. And if that's that might be a big surprise to people because he might go number four overall uh, to the New York Jets. And if that shakes out the way um, it looks, those edge rushers are going to be gone really, really quickly. And I haven't sensed the Eagles liking George Karloftis at all. If they do, they've been very, very quiet about it. And and maybe that's the plan, but I, I just don't get the feeling that they like him as a player. And David Ojabo with the injury really hurt them, really hurt them because it, it, it changed the whole uh, complexity of the first round when it comes to edge rushers. How much should we look at the past for the Philadelphia Eagles? You look at 2010, Brandon Graham, 13th overall. Fletcher Cox in 2012, 12th overall. Derek Barnett in 2017, 14th overall. So here they are this year with the 15th overall pick. Does that mean that if they're in that area, that range, that they're going to stick to what they've done in the past and go defensive linemen? Or is that just sort of a weird coincidence? I think it, last year I brought that up a lot, uh, but they ended up taking Devontae Smith and going up. And typically that wasn't the way they would go, a wide receiver that high in the draft. But they liked, you know, it was five players the Eagles liked last year. Um, one of them was Kyle Pitts, was kind of pie in the sky. He was never going to be there. Uh, Jalen Waddell, who, who obviously went to Miami. And then they liked the two corners, um, J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan, who went back to back. Uh, they were gone. So the one guy left uh, was Devontae Smith, and that's when they said, um, we got to go up and get him. Um, so they have shifted a little bit in, in recent years, but there are certain positions. I mean, you can bang your head against the wall, but they haven't taken an off-ball linebacker since Jerry Robinson in 1979. They're not going to take one, uh, no matter what people think. They signed Kaiser White, uh, so that should be another indication. They're not going linebacker. Um, they've never, they've never taken a safety in the first round of the draft. Um, so yeah. it would be interesting if Kyle Hamilton fell, uh, because to me he's the best pure football player in the draft. Um, other than that, some people have said they like Dax Hill, but I, they're not going to take the safety um, in the first round. Um, so you start to whittle it down that way. But you mentioned, Ryan, some of the picks. And if you go back to when Howie got the job the first time, which is about 2010, 2010, I think, this team has done 
very well at the top of the draft, and the cutoff point is 14 at Derek Barnett. When their four teams are below, they tend to not do very well. And right now they're 15 and 18. So if you think about it, you mentioned Brandon Graham was 13. Pletcher, I think, was 12. Yeah. Johnson was fourth overall. Uh, Devontae, very successful as a rookie, was 10 overall. Um, so they've done Carson was was obviously number two overall. And he was good uh, for people who want to play revisionist history at first. He was very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. And then 14 down, it hasn't been nearly as good, to say the least. What What's Jalen's impact in all of this, uh, the quarterback, Jalen Hurts? And, and what I mean by that is, how does it impact the decision-making? Should it impact the decision-making? Because you have fans sort of debating and conversating, well, go get him a wide receiver right now with one of those first two first-round draft picks so he can prove uh, that he's the guy, or if you maybe aren't sold on Jalen, don't waste uh, the 15th or 18th overall pick uh, for a wide receiver because he's not going to be here long term anyway. What's what's your take on that, and how should Howie and and the team go about their decision making based off the current quarterback? Well, I, you know, it's not only about 2022. So I mean. I, I think the Eagles have pretty much foreshadowed, you know, whenever the microphone shows up, Ryan, they say, we love Jalen Hurts. And then the microphones <laughs> disappear and everything they do behind the scenes says that they don't love Jalen Hurts, whether it's checking in with Russell Wilson, trying to get him to change his mind, trying to get Deshaun Watson to change his mind, trading with the Saints out of one of the first round picks out to 2023, which is an indication they're looking at the quarterback class next year. So you you don't necessarily have to get Jalen Hurts a wide receiver, but this team needs a wide receiver, whether Jalen Hurts is going to be successful or it's going to be Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or somebody else next year, you're still going to need a wide receiver. So I think that's the way the Eagles are looking at it. Not necessarily we need to get a wide receiver for Jalen Hurts because I think they've made up their mind. I've said this pretty consistently. Um, they're going to try to get better at the quarterback position when they can get better. And they've already done that. And if they can't, they're okay moving forward with Jalen Hurts. And the one luxury he does have is playing time. So he's going to get 17 games. Uh, 17 more games if he stays healthy, hopefully. Um, and the one thing about the NFL, Ryan, if you play well, they're not going to take you off the field. So everybody can say he's not this, he's not that, he's not accurate. But if he plays well, the Eagles win games. They're not, they're not going to take him off the field. Debo Samuel. Uh I mean, that can be the question. <laughs> what, what's what's the likelihood? Uh, is this just another example of, you know, fans getting excited about a name hitting the market, especially a name at wide receiver? I mean, Debo has been tied to, I think, almost every single team in the National Football League. I say that tongue-in-cheek a little bit. But uh, is there a realistic possibility that Howie and the Eagles can pull something off? And do they have interest to try and pull something off for Debo? 
I don't think so because of the cost and not only the cost, you know, it's going to start with a first round pick probably. So, you know, you can probably give up 18 and then other picks, maybe a second, maybe a third, maybe a fourth. If you look at Tyreek Hill um, as the template, the bigger part is the contract extension you're going to have to work out, which is going to be about 25 million a year average annual value at the wide receiver position that's a difficult pill to swallow but then what the other part that i don't think is a fit and and this is we don't exactly know why debo wants out of san francisco but there was one report uh that he's just not a California guy and he wants to be closer to home in South Carolina. If that's the case, fine. But there's another report that he doesn't want to play running back anymore and he doesn't want to run the football. And one of the things that makes Debo Samuel Debo Samuel is he's that slash type of player. And if you're going to acquire him, and you're going to tell Nick Sirianni as a young head coach, oh, we're going to get Debo Samuel. We're going to pay him $25 million. But you can't play him in the backfield. You can't yet sweep him. I, I don't think you can do that to the head coach, a, a young head coach. So a lot of reasons. And I love Debo Samuel. He is, I probably told you this, Ryan, but he is my yeah. favorite player in the NFL to watch. But if he's going to say that to coaches and say, I don't want to run the football, I, I can't have Debo Samuel on, on my team. I You can't do that to an offensive play caller and say, well, we have yeah. Debo, but you can't use him in this way. What what football player would say something like that? I mean, it's like Joel Embiid saying, I don't want it in the post anymore. I, I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Well, you know, part of it is, I guess, running backs get banged up. And, you know, from a longevity standpoint, it, it does make sense from if you're trying to make as much money for as long as possible, just line me up like I'm Devontae Adams, like a regular wide receiver, and you're probably going to have more longevity as a player. But if, if Debo isn't Devontae Adams, he's not that kind of route runner. He's not um, that well-disciplined a receiver. His greatness is the other stuff. And if you take that away, he's not the same player. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that's I, – I understand it, like your point, 100% makes complete sense. But he, he, it would be surprising that he doesn't understand his value in what he has been doing to try and change that, I think, would be uh, would be idiotic. That's the only way to, to really describe it. Um, John, Jalen Rager. Is he going to be on the Philadelphia Eagles roster in, in three days? Um, I, I, I will say he's not going to be on the roster for week one. Um, okay. Would they like to trade him? Yes. Um, I don't know how much interest is there's going to be. I know his side wants a trade. Um, you know, how he's asking pie in the sky stuff. i Jared, you know, second round picks, which is absurd. You can ask for anything you want, right? I could ask for, you know, $6 million to do the Ryan Rothstein show, but it's not going to, you know, I can ask for it. We're not going to give it to you. Yeah. You can yeah. ask for 
a second pick, a second round pick. Nobody's giving it to you. Um, so what are the Eagles willing? Uh, I would take, you know, a six round conditional pick. Maybe somebody will do that. Maybe somebody like Jalen Rager coming out of the draft and said, you know, he got poor coaching. Maybe he's got to get away from the toxic Philadelphia fan base. That's always one spin. We see it with Ben Simmons all the time. Uh, have that work out in, in Brooklyn. But um, so I think somebody will give up something at some point. I don't know if it's going to be the next three days, but I don't think he's going to be here week one. All right, John, final question here on the Eagles, and I appreciate your time. Just to summarize uh, our conversation and, and conclude it, what will the Eagles be doing with the 15th and 18th overall pick? Your your best guess, uh, the two positions, uh, and, and I, we already mentioned the names, but just to put a bow on it. Yeah, I think they're going to try to uh, get Jordan Davis, if at all possible, and, and they'll probably have to move up a little bit, two, three spots, uh, not out of this world. But I think that's the player they're, they've targeted uh, – at, at their first pick overall. And then that kind of, if they're able to get Jordan Davis, it, it might shift things at 18. Um, they certainly want a wide receiver, uh, but I'm not sure if those top four guys, and I'm talking about Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Will, uh, Williams, and Drake London, if they're not there, I'm not sure they'd want to go wide receiver, or if they do, they probably want to trade down to get the Traylon Burks and the Dotsons of the world from Penn State. Um, cornerback Trent McDuffie is the guy I'd look at because it's going to be real difficult to get uh, Ahmed Gardner or Derek Stingley Jr. Uh, they're going to be up too high. Um, and Trent McDuffie would be that clear-cut number three to me. And that edge rusher, one of the edge rushers fall but that is probably the most unlikely part of it because I don't see any of the top four, Walker, Hutchinson, Johnson, uh, Thibodeau. I think, I think they could, all four of those guys could be off by the top seven uh, of, of the draft. That's how quickly the edge rushers are going to go. Well, it's always entertaining uh, for any and all things Philadelphia Eagles. And John McMullen has you covered, as always, for any and all things Philadelphia Eagles. J-Mac, I always love catching up with you. I appreciate your insight and your time. Enjoy the NFL draft. Thanks, Ryan. You too, bud. All right, there he is, Johnny Mac at J.F. McMullen. Give him a follow on Twitter, Eagles NFL Insider for Sports Illustrated and phillyvoice.com. Dropping knowledge for us here. Hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and had fun listening to it as much as I did being a part of it. I'll catch you on the next episode. On the next one, another guest joins me, Will Hill. Host of the New York City City Cast, Veasan contributor joins me for our weekly crossover edition. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, until then, have a great rest of your day, great rest of your night. Peace. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the entire baseball season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least twenty-five dollars, and you will earn a ten-dollar free bet. 
With same game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Presented by BetRivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 